Hello and welcome to a special episode of Text Talks The Red. 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 Red Edition. Radisson Red presents a playful twist on the conventional and their latest addition to their family is Radisson Red Rosebank in Johannesburg, a super slick hotel that I've had the pleasure of being walked through from top to bottom. From the brightly lit foyer flanked by meticulously curated artworks to the unparalleled views from their rooftop bar, Radisson Red injects new life into their hotels through personal touches that make you feel thoroughly at home. Radisson Red gives you the chance to tune in and out, switching effortlessly between business and pleasure. And in this special four-part series, I will be highlighting four individuals that represent Radisson Red's four pillars through art, music, design, and fashion. Today, I am talking to an artist who is best known for her reinterpretation of ordinary and domestic objects, making use of everyday items like safety pins and wooden pegs and irons and brooms, giving her work a distinctly Dadaist influence. I am, of course, talking about Usha Siujarim. Usha, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Tekla. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Um under the circumstances of our continued lockdown and everything that's happening at the moment. But I'm good. I remain optimistic and positive. But I want to talk about your striking work of art that stands at the front entrance of the new Radisson Red Hotel. And it's absolutely exquisite. And for those who haven't spotted it yet, it's a pair of giant red angel wings that sit at the top of the steps just off Oxford Road. I want to know, what was your reaction when you were asked to create an artwork for South Africa's second Radisson Red Hotel? Um, well, firstly, I was quite honored um, to have been approached. Uh, and uh, then I uh, immediately, as I normally do, started thinking about, well, what what could I make? <laughs> you know, what uh, mm-hmm. what would be a, a strong statement in such a prime position uh, at such a prime time in our in our lives as South Africans and as global citizens? So that was my starting point, I guess. <laughs> the the Radisson Red Rosebank is very close to the Keys Art Mile, which feeds nicely into the ethos of the hotel being so focused on spotlighting art. And you really get a great sense of that from the moment that you spot the hotel on the road and your wings stand there welcoming everybody so warmly. How do you feel when you drive by and you catch a glimpse of it? Uh, You know, it's a strange thing because I had been working on it for so many months uh, it took a long time to uh, source all the irons, uh, to prepare them, to strip strip the bases of the actual iron, clean them up, and then, of course, mm. uh, make the artwork. So I've been living with it and living with the process for so long that uh, in the end, when they were put up, it was like, in a way, it was like just part of the next step. But then there's like a moment when it's up and you look back and think, okay, this is this is cool. <laughs> uh, so in a way, I was immersed in the process for so long that you almost uh, dismiss the magnitude of it. Um, and then and then it's only in retrospect that when you stand back, and of course, the reaction to it has been so phenomenal, you know. Uh, so when people comment on it and, uh, and talk about it, then, then it's only that I look back and say, okay, you know, 
we did this. <laughs> you know, I think you use the word magnitude, and I think that that's a really great word to use in conjunction with your artwork because I, I've seen it, and it really is larger than life. And obviously, I've taken a selfie in front of it. Like, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's got this, like, gravitational pull about it. <laughs> but how much... How much satisfaction do you get knowing that tons of people are interacting with your work on a daily basis outside the hotel? It's hugely satisfying. I mean, a big part of the, the, my kind of rationale uh, as an artist and as an artist who's made a lot of public art is to, um, I mean, I've been critiquing as has been the world uh, the nature of public art and the nature of public monuments, uh, along with uh, fees must fall and roads must fall. There was a big movement around the representation of uh, heroes and villains that are represented in public statues. So there's a lot of thought that has got into uh, what is public art and how does the audience engage with public art. So I purposely didn't want to make something figurative, but rather that the person mm -hmm. is the figure that engages with the work. Um, and to make something that's accessible to, uh, to everybody. So the academic who wants to read into it a whole lot of... Um, uh, theory and conceptual kind of thinking is open to do that. Uh, but the ordinary person who just sees the, the multiple of the eins and are in awe of the size and the, the uh, collective uh, use of material, like it's there. It's there for whoever wants to read it in whatever way. And then, of course, there's this Instagrammable moment where you can stand in front and, uh, and take a, a selfie. But it's more than that. I think for me, it's not just a, a participation, but that the person becomes part of the artwork, that the artwork is mm -hmm. uh, kind of complete on its own. Here's the wings, but that a, a body, a live body completes the artwork even more. And it changes for each person. Um, the lighting changes during the day. There's uh, all these beautiful lights at night, which I don't know if you've noticed the lighting at the back looks a bit like halos which I thought, I don't know how intentional that was, but the angels and the halos go quite well together. I did notice that. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the thought into it was about a form of public art, yeah, a form of public art that is engaging, but also questions um, the, the history of, of what public art has been, not just in South Africa, but globally. I think I was quite lucky uh, when when I took my selfie. The light was just at the right positioning because I actually got a sort of semi-halo in my photo, which is quite funny that you mentioned oh, that. Um, but you said that you had been living with this piece for a while, uh, working on this piece for a long time. How Correct. much time did yeah. it take you to conceptualize the wings that you then went on to create? Oddly enough, that happened quite quickly. <laughs> I, uh, a few months, uh, quite a few months before I was asked, I had come upon uh, a large quantity of 
ironing bases from a, a recycling place, uh, three tons to be exact. So I had in my studio three tons of ironing bases, which I had been playing with, for want of a better word, for mm-hmm. a, quite a few weeks and months and not arriving at uh, anything. I mean, I, I was trying a lot of configurations and trying to see what it is that I can do with this. Uh, and then, um, so I'd made a few works that were kind of mediocre, I think, that didn't really get me excited. And then the one day I was at the studio on a weekend alone, and I uh, had an idea to make these wings. So I made a small set of wings, and I was very excited by it because, I don't know if it's, sometimes you just know, you know when you've you've hit that sweet spot, you know, mm. you know it when conceptually the material and the concept just come together and there's there's just magic. So I knew that this was something that I wanted to develop further. And just as I was busy thinking, I made a first set of wings and I was thinking about this. Then I got invited to the Radisson opportunity. And I thought, imagine if I could make these big giant wings, wouldn't that be wonderful? And uh, so, so the idea came very quickly because I was already... Uh, thinking about that. And then I had uh, put together the proposal and uh, sent it to them. And in my proposal, the shape of the wings was quite different. Mm. It was uh, wider. It was, uh, yeah, the wingspan was wide as opposed to up. Uh, And they had accepted that. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, once the proposal was uh, approved and so on, uh, we had a site visit and the building was partially up. Uh, or mostly up, but there was still scaffolding and so on. And when I looked at the site, the exact spot where the where the artwork would go, I became aware of the the volume of the space. And there was in that moment, I just thought there's an opportunity to take advantage of this height, of this volume, and make something that's more vertical and kind of ascending, mm. as opposed to wide. And so I asked them, can we change the shape? And it was a good decision because I think the shape of the wings uh, in that specific space within that architecture kind of gives the feeling of ascension, which wouldn't have been the same if they were were wider. What is the height of the wings? Uh, It's both five meters together, including the gap. It's five meters wide and five meters high. I mean, that is, that's high. I, I, <laughs> I, I can only assume that there must have been numerous challenges um, that are associated with creating an artwork that, that's to- that, that is that tall, right? Yes, completely. And my studio space, I mean, it's, it's large compared to other studios, but it's also very small. And I don't have that kind of height in my studio. So the entire work was made horizontally. And I only saw it up for the first time oh, when it was at wow. the Radisson, which is quite insane because <laughs> just technically, like I kind of winged, <laughs> uh, the pun intended, I <laughs> no suppose. Pun intended. I winged the, <laughs> the getting the shape right and so on. And, you know, we were taking pictures from, uh, I'm standing on a ladder and I'm trying to get a wide shot or I'm trying to photograph it in sections and put it together to get a sense of the shape. But I had not seen the work vertically up until it was on site, which is actually ridiculous. 
That's absolutely crazy. I mean, we touched on this briefly, but you are internationally renowned for your interpretation of ordinary and domestic objects. And when I got close <laughs> to the wings, I realized that the feathers on the wings are made from the face of a household iron. And I mean, I might be getting a bit technical here, but how do you create each individual iron and then bind them together to create the wing? Because that just fascinates me. <laughs> uh, so it is, as I mentioned early, earlier, it was a long process of cleaning them, uh, stripping them first. So you remove the base from the iron and there's all kinds of screws and wires inside. And then there's a thin shell that is on the outside of some of the irons, not all of them. And then I kind of peel that off. Uh, I mean, peel sounds easy, but you kind of have to use a hammer and a screwdriver <laughs> and pliers. <laughs> and then you, you knock it flat. So I've got like an anvil and a hammer and the edge has a little bump that has to be flattened. And then we clean it. Uh, and the cleaning also took uh, quite a bit of experimentation because it has some kind of a glue on it that I think is silicon-based, but there's also markings from the wear and tear, like burn marks and scratches. And I try to keep some of those. So if you notice, the red is not an opaque red, but a transparent red, because I wanted mm -hmm. to keep some of the history mm. of the irons on it. Um, and then uh, some of them I wanted super clean, so they are cleaned with a a wire brush on a drill. I use the drill press and kind of wire brush them smooth and polished. Um, and then uh, they are assembled very carefully according to a pattern or a design. Uh, and once the one side was made, then we had to very carefully mirror that and copy it in mirror onto the other side. And then they joined together through a series of uh, pop rivets and a tiny little uh, nut and bolt. Uh, in strategic places, I guess. <laughs> they also um, sprayed in sections. Sprayed in sections how? Like spray painted or? Yeah. So, uh, and the spraying also, uh, it's, uh, I had to do some research into the right kind of spray for that kind of surface uh, or the right kind of paint rather, uh, but also one that's going to be durable, uh, UV resistant, um, so it's got layers of like first there's a, a degreaser that goes on and then once a degreaser is on there's a base coat and then there's a top coat and that's got uh, like something called a half promoter in it that enhances the durability of the paint. <laughs> you want a technical, right? Yes, I did. And then there's a clear coat that goes over the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the, the surface treatment. How long did this all take you? I think, I mean, it's hard to say exactly, but I think more than six months, just over. Wow. Um, I wanted to talk about your extensive body of work over the years because you love a good iron and <laughs> you did a very striking collection of various cast irons in 2019 that are super bold. Mm. And I want to know, what is it about the iron specifically that inspires you? Um, I mean, there's uh, various other objects that I use as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like wooden pegs and so on. And they all 
for me uh, are symbols, they are metaphors. But the ayn in particular, I think, is such a strong, uh, it's such a loaded object. I mean, firstly, if you had to uh, ascribe a gender to it, would you say that an ayn is male or female? Very good question. I would say, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say female, just because we use it. Exactly. So for me, it's such a gendered object immediately. So it it stands for for the female. Uh, the shape of it, I love mm-hmm. the, the triangular shape. The triangle is a kind of universal uh, symbol, a uh, feminist uh, symbol. But then the iron is also associated with labor. In South Africa, it's got such a complex meaning around hired labor and who does the ironing. Um, the iron by nature does what? It smooths out the creases. You know, for me, it's mm-hmm. a symbol of what, what women do in families and in society. We make things presentable. We iron out the creases. We, uh, we make things pretty we make things perfect um so it's got so many readings um but i just think as an object for me it's just such a powerful symbol uh that is is growing and developing the more and more i work with it you know when i visited the radisson red and i met with the team one of the things that struck me the most was the palpable female presence in their team mm. from their primary curator to their management staff and you touched on it very briefly now um, but your inspiration for the wings revolve around women's roles in contemporary society tell me a bit more about that inspiration uh, you know I think the world is recognizing now the need for not women in leadership as much as a female, I mean, it sounds like a, um, the wrong word, but a female energy. I think uh, leadership in the world has been so masculine uh, in a capitalist kind of way that's competitive, that's aggressive, that's violent, that's even cruel. And it's time for a different kind of approach to, to the world that is not necessarily softer, but one that is more connected to kindness and to compassion and to a a sense of healing. And I think that um, the events in the world are pointing towards that, uh, that there's a need for us to embrace a different kind of um, way to be in the world, but particularly a different kind of leadership. Um, and I think there's so many examples of that. Uh, where, And it's not necessarily women in power, because there are, uh, there are some tyrant women as well. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, the qualities of, of leadership more than the person. <laughs> uh, I could, am I making sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you're definitely making sense. Um, yeah. And, and it's not about women's rights in a way where it it needs to be a woman rather than a man. But I think, uh, and it's not even, I mean, of course we want equality and equal pay and to be recognized for the the role that we play. But I think there's a particular kind of um, 
quality or attribute that women bring uh, that that is not even obvious to men or to the male uh, way of you know may, uh, the male energy is very dominant it's about it's about squashing <laughs> as opposed to mm. it's about competition it's about I, I'm better than you as, a, as opposed to collaboration. It's not about how can we work together. It's about me being better than you. And I think it's time for a shift in the world. I also think it's long overdue for a shift in the world. So it's going to be very interesting, especially in our country, to see how things change because I feel like we're at a precipice now where change is inevitable um, from a social mm. point of view, an economic point of view, a political point of view. Um, and I really hope that women do take up more space in what I can only assume is going to be a brand new South Africa. Mm. It's interesting because you mentioned the word in the context of the wings, you mentioned the word striking twice in our conversation. And I just thought how apt that is given all the strikes that have been happening. But I do agree with you that uh, it's come to a kind of um, a point where change, it's forced. And uh, I've been struggling with what's happening in South Africa at the moment. And a good friend of mine said that... Um, this needs to happen for change to happen. So I hope that you're right because uh, we're in a mess right now, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are in an absolute mess. But I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience of our continued lockdowns because I can only assume, Usha, that being at home has proved to be incredibly constructive for you because you're essentially surrounded by all of the common materials that you make use of in your art. <laughs> so what I want to know is, I mean, can we expect an explosion of work and exhibitions from you when things start opening up eventually? Mm, I think so. Uh, I mean, I go through uh, moments of really struggling emotionally uh, and it's difficult to be creative when you when you're in that state. Um, I think uh, for me, especially, I I thrive in my studio uh, with all my objects around. Obviously, being at home is the stimulus for the work that happens in the studio. But uh, mm -hmm. it hasn't been uh, an easy time for me. I um, yeah, emotionally, it hasn't been easy. But uh, there's a lot of things brewing in my head that are bursting to come out. So, yes, I'm looking forward to being able to be productive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tell me about some of the things that are brewing in your head. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's a few projects uh, <laughs> coming up for which I uh, am already producing some work. Um, I've made a, a set of wings that... Uh, that mechanically open and close. Uh, oh wow! So they, they. I think the wingspan is like three meters, two and a half meters when it's open. So I uh, did a lot of research, and I made this last year already. Um, and uh, I need. I have spoken to a fabricator to mechanize it so that it opens and closes on its own. One of the things that struck me uh, during lockdown was 
the increase of uh, domestic violence during lockdown mm-hmm. and the increase specifically of gender-based violence. Uh, and I've touched on this on a few works. Uh, in my recent uh, show at Smack Gallery, uh, my recent solo show, I made a work that spoke to a specific case of gender-based violence. But I wanted to make a, a work that comments on the prevalence of it in South Africa. So I'm not sure if it's changed, but last I checked, every six minutes a woman in, is raped in South Africa. So I've spoken to a fabricator to mechanize this wing so that it opens and closes every six minutes. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that work and about uh, other work that have uh, similar messages. Um, yeah, it's strange to say I'm excited to make this work, but I think uh, the impulse to create it is strong more than excitement. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm itching to, to make these pieces. I don't think that it's strange for you to be excited at all about creating these works because we need more statement pieces like this that really are comments on issues that are happening right now. So I, for one, cannot wait Mm. to see that. Please drop me an invite to that opening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to know if there was anything extra that you wanted to add about the Radisson Red or about the wings, or anything that you specifically want people to know about the artwork? I think that uh, if I think about the tone of, of the, the work, I mean, also the, the, time, the timing of it is in a time of world crisis. And I wanted the tone of the work to be hopeful and optimistic, uh, so yes, one can read a bit of heaviness into the work and it's there, but the feeling of it overall for me is one of um, aspiration, it's a sense of freedom, um, uh, it's, a, yeah, it's about like giving you wings to fly. Uh, in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. overlooking the city. And uh, I hope that, it, that people feel that in a time where our freedom was taken away. Um, in a, I mean, freedom is something as South Africans historically that we understand so well or, or aspire to and understand the complexity of freedom. So there's a sense of, uh, yeah, wanting to be free in the work that I hope is, is felt by the, by the audience. Well, Usha, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining me today to chat about your work. What you do is absolutely exquisite, and I cannot wait to see what you will create on the other side of lockdown. Thank you. There is one more thing I wanted to add. <laughs> um, of course, you can add anything. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I, I mean, I've worked on a number of uh, public and corporate commissions, and so I've had various kinds of relationships or interactions with the client. And, and I'm not just saying this because, uh, because this is a podcast and I want to flatter the client, but uh, the Radisson Group and um, Interprop uh, and uh, uh, Guido as a, as a client have really just been unbelievable. Um, it has been such a smooth process to work on this commission in terms of a client-artist uh, relationship. They allowed me the, the 
kind of carte blanche, not carte blanche, but the freedom to work in my own way. Uh, when I made suggestions, they thought about it. They came back quickly. I mean, they were chasing me for my invoice. How oh, wow. rare is that? Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but it just, it has been really such a pleasure to work with a client like this. And I think the reason I'm saying this is because I think when there's an openness from the client uh, and there's an embracing of art and artists and the way artists work in public art, then they, it allows for this kind of work to happen. So there's a, uh, there's a relationship between the relationship and the outcome. And, and often I've had uh, worked with clients where it's just been so difficult. Like I find myself having to educate people about art and public art, whereas this process was really just quite smooth. And, and I think mm -hmm. the artwork is the result of that, um, that openness from the client. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that bit. Usha, really, honestly, um, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, and it was so funny because when I met, because uh, I'd never met Frances before, and obviously, you know, we're doing this podcast and, and uh, you know, wanted to meet her and went to the hotel and I was like, well, where is it? Because it wasn't on Google Maps yet. And she said, no, 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 don't worry. You know, mm. just get on to Oxford and like, you'll see the wings. I was like, okay, fine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and then on Oxford and I'm like, and the Uber driver's like, I don't know where this place is. And then he went, oh no, you're obviously looking, you said red wings. There it is right there. And you know, you look to the left and it's really, it's, it's, it's stunning. And I, I can't wait to see how people, when the hotel is officially open, how people interact with it and mm. how people tease their own meanings out of it, you know? Because I, I think that especially public mm. art is, you know, it's up for interpretation. And like you said, some people will draw deeper meanings to it and then other people will just take a selfie like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I think it's it's going to become quite an iconic, it is a kind of iconic uh work that will that will be captured mm. yeah widely <laughs> so thank you very much thanks for joining me for this special episode of text talks the red edition be sure to check out radisson red rose bank johannesburg at radissonhotels.com and across all social platforms at radisson red rose bank or if you're in the Rosebank area, why not take a stroll past Radisson Red and snap your own selfie in front of their statement Red Angel Wings. Everyone's welcome.